You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Rose Bowl Legacy Foundation preserves, protects, and enhances the future of the Rose Bowl Stadium as a national historic landmark. America's Stadium has hosted two Olympic Games, with a third one coming in 2028, two World Cup Finals, five Super Bowls, and the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl since 1923. It is the epic center of college football and is the most iconic stadium in the world. To learn more about how you can support the Rose Bowl Stadium as it turns 100 years young, visit www.inspire, which spells inspire, 2022.org. Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello! Trojan fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday, crazy weekend, college football and Monday as well. Lots of rumors and innuendos and reports coming out about the college football season. Players uniting across the country in the Power Five. We got a lot to get to with the coach, Harvey Hyde, talking all about that. Maybe stuff breaks while we're recording the show. Who knows? It's been kind of fast and furious as far as the information has been coming out. We'll keep on top of it for you, but we'll analyze everything that we've seen thus far. If you have any questions or comments for the show, podcast at uscfootball.com is the email, or you could call or text us at 424-254-9141. The important thing, however you're listening to the show, please subscribe. One of those podcasting apps out there on your phone, wherever, any of your tablets. If you want to just listen, just subscribe to it so you can always get the podcast coming to your feed. We're doing multiple episodes a week. Usually Coach Harvey Hyde's every Monday. We'll have a Dan Weber podcast. And we're doing more tunnel vision shows, our live video shows. And we'll put that up in podcast form as well, as as long as any other uh, one-off interviews we do. So we'll we'll have a lot of stuff going on in the feed. If you subscribe to the podcast on any of the podcasting apps like Apple or Google Play or any of those, you can get all of the new podcast episodes right to your phone and you won't miss anything. So lots to listen to. We'll be talking about a whole lot of stuff and we're going to do that today with the coach Harvey Hyde. Coach, how are you doing, sir? Ryan, I'm doing great. I'll tell you what, I can't figure out uh, college football. We've been talking about a lot of the issues now for several weeks, or should I say several months. And it's all going back to, I think, the number one thing that I discussed with you several weeks ago, maybe it's been a month or more now, as far as decision time. And no one seems to be knowing or making a decision or who's in charge of the decision. All the different conferences doing their own thing. I mean, it's getting to be where uh, you uh, wonder exactly what's going to happen. Is there going to be a college football season? And uh, someone's got to take charge. Yeah, there's uh, that's one of the issues is there's really no one in charge at this point. You have these fiefdoms, the power five and all the commissioners uh, wield a lot of power. It is pretty amazing that it's like a $2 billion industry for college football. 
and there isn't leadership at the top. There isn't a leader for college football. You do have the, the conferences making these enormous deals. We're seeing, you know, huge payouts for the big 10, especially. And the sec is, is redoing their CBS deal there. Everyone's getting paid. Um, and, but there's no real leader at the top and for the NFL. And I was listening to Colin Coward this morning. He's talking about this. Yeah. You got a lot of billionaires that if you wanted to say, well, it's going to be like $25 million to test everyone every day and contact tracing and all this stuff. They can do that. It's easy. And these are all employees and people can opt out, but you're getting paid a lot of money. There's really a big incentive to play and for the coaches to coach and, and for the season to happen and all that. They're just going on full board. Now it might get stalled at some point, but they're moving ahead. College football, same game essentially, but it's so different, the structure and there isn't a Roger Goodell. And you can argue like, well, why does Roger Goodell make $40 million a year? Well, to navigate th- you through things like this, we don't have anyone like that in college football, Coach. And I, I do feel like now that you have all the conferences making their own decisions, there's some advantages there. But there's also some disadvantages that they can be uh, not necessarily on the same page. Everyone's going to do what's great for their little community, for their, you know, the Pac-12 is going to do what's best for it. You know, although they'll probably follow along with the Big Ten. The SEC isn't going to do what the Big Ten wants. Uh, Now, there might be momentum if the Big Ten cancels, but they're going to do their own thing. And we felt early on, Coach, that they would at least, you know, they're communicating constantly, which is good. But we thought that, you know, like Kevin Warren and, uh, and Larry Scott, Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten, the new commissioner, you know, they're talking a lot. They talk with the SEC and the ACC and the, and the Big 12. But once the Big 10 came out on their own and decided conference only, that sort of changed the game for me because now they're making this, this wasn't going to be this joint thing. It was the Big 10 coming out and saying, here's what we're going to do. Now the speculation is the Big 10 is going to come out and cancel their season. And then what happens with the SEC and all the other conferences? So it's, there's, the lack of leadership coach, I think is part of the reason why we are where we are now The the right decision might be to postpone, cancel, whatever, but the way we're getting there is a little herky jerky. It's just a little weird because we don't have that leadership. Well, Ryan, uh, I think um, several months ago, I said there'd be a lot of changes in college football. And I think everybody who is a regular listener to this podcast remembers me saying that along the way as far as spring recruiting to salaries and uh, the the big salary days are over for commissioners and for head football coaches and everybody those days are over with and I think the uh, I hate to say it had to take something like this to cause this but it needed to have a unification and I said there had to be of somebody in charge like a Jim Delaney who's now retired and who could assume this type of post that has the respect of the NCAA and all of his peers to take a position such as this and say, this is the way it's going to be. And the commissioners are not as powerful and the leagues aren't as powerful. And there's someone who says, this is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to do it. And it involves all the power five. And it also includes all the other conferences that are part of college football. And uh, we have all the individual uh, TV contracts. We have this individually. We have this. We have that. We have all these different people who are negotiating against each other and all of the above. Uh, 
And I think it needs to be more of a package that represents college football. And I've said that a month ago, two months ago. And I think it's finally got to reach a head like this to have this happen. People have been draining college football and making money out of college football for so long. People are getting to be very wealthy people. And as far as being in key positions, collecting a lot of money for doing not much. Okay? And I can see the side of the college athletes. Years ago, years ago, when I was doing a lot of broadcasting, not, well, I don't want to. I don't know what station I was on or whatever. I'm still doing a lot of broadcasting. There was an issue like this that came up on some points. And I said, what would happen on a national championship game, whether it's basketball or football, and both teams got together with the captains, and they said, we're not coming out. Referees come and they say, time to take the field. And they say, we're not going out. National TV audience, 100,000 people in the stands. Unless you listen to these things. Well, I tell you, you get a lot of ears and a lot of, you know, real quickly. That should have been at that time, which was years ago, a signal to the people in charge that these type of things could happen. And the players, I don't blame them at all. They want to be safe. And I don't blame their parents. They want to be safe. And what about the after effects, as we've talked about? Uh, in a few years, as far as what might this virus do to you, you see it everywhere else. The faculty don't want to go on campus. Other people don't want to go on campus. Yet the players are there to serve their purpose. And also the players want to play football. It isn't like they don't want to play football. They want to play football. Coaches want to coach football. So, you know, it's just getting it done and doing it the right way. And I said probably three weeks ago, Ryan, on this show, the worst thing that could happen are all shows, that to start something and then not complete it would be the worst thing for college football. And now they don't even have a plan yet. And they don't know that if they don't have college football in the fall, how would they do it in the spring? Why not? Don't why don't they know? Why don't they count back and say, folks, it's not going to be that bad. We hope that we can start January. We'll still have our bowl games. This is the way it's going to go. So that people don't get all stressed out like myself or you or our listeners as far as the loss of college football, the eligibility and all of the above. The show changes that have to be done, everything. I was talking to big promoters yesterday regarding music and all the all the cancel of these all these, these 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 concerts that are going on and when will they come back and all of the above of all these different things. So I think there's got to be someone in charge of our country. Not saying uh, the problem. Not getting involved in politics, but someone who's in charge that knows that he's got a medical team that says this is what we have to do. So that we get this virus done. We don't have one conference. I'll call it a conference, but let's call it a state. Everybody's encouraging pool parties. And in another state, we can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do that. Now, how are you going to get along and how are you going to accomplish and get something done? Rather than, okay, we all do this and we all can come back and start everything normal again later on. I don't understand how this is so difficult for people to understand. 
But I'm just a coach, a retired coach, now a broadcaster, and and uh, just a, like expressing my uh, opinion on things. But I do have a strong opinion, and sometimes the easiest things are the hardest things in some people's mind because of politics to decide what's best for the certain football virus, whatever it is. So that's my feeling, and you can tell I'm, I'm really. Uh, emotional into this because it can be settled. It can be done. And remember, you mentioned the Big Ten. The Pac-12 does whatever the Big Ten does. Okay, yeah. so that means if the Big Ten voted that, pac is not going to have football. Why? They got the Rose Bowl contract. They've got the bowl games. They've got together for years. So they just follow suit. Okay? So if those two do that, then what are the others going to do? What, we're going to have spring football? We're going to have fall football too? Now you really got a mess. I mean, really. So they need to have somebody or somebody needs to sit down and explain to these guys that, you know, they're all afraid somebody's going to eliminate their position and their million-dollar jobs and just get this thing done. Yeah. Well, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot to unpack here, Coach, and I, I mean, all good points there. I think we have to go back to yesterday, um, what was – Breaking, I think ESPN kind of came out with it first, where it looked like there. I think there was reports that there was an emergency, uh, Big Ten meeting of the presidents and chancellors and the leadership, and they were going to cancel the season. I think Dan Patrick came out this morning saying that the Pac-12 and the Big Ten have decided to cancel the season. That was his report early on his radio show uh, this morning, and then um, we started to see some other reports. Uh, this was like was on uh, Monday morning. Uh, we started to see other reports on Monday that the, the it wasn't really an emergency meeting that the Big Ten was holding, and there hasn't been. I think Pete Thamel reported there hasn't been a vote, an actual vote yet. Um, it just seems like that's the way things are leaning, right? That they are the Big Ten would cancel. We thought that if someone cancels first, um, it would be the Big Ten, and then you know that that like you said, the Pac-12 would follow suit. Um, but there was also something, so that it's kind of doom and gloomy, right? It, like that doesn't look positive for the college football season happening. Maybe you see the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12 kind of move forward. They were slower to adopt the uh, conference-only aspects of their schedule or mostly conference-only. Um, they might do the same thing and follow suit. But there's something, if you're holding out hope that there's college football, at least in the Pac-12 this fall, there was another development, and this was the combination of a couple of college football player movements. So you know the one in the Pac-12, we talked about it last week, the We Are United movement that had a bunch of demands. If we don't get these demands met, um, we're not going to play. And then the big, I think it was the Big Ten had a similar kind of movement with a lot of the same stuff except for the sort of overreaching stuff where they wanted you know, half of the athletic department revenues, like stuff that just would never possibly, like could never happen in time for football. You know, like maybe you change the entire system of college football and that changes down the road, but that wasn't going to be something that was happening right away. But then there was also the hashtag, we want to play. And then you started hearing from a lot of college football players that did want to play the college football season. These two groups have now united. And it's interesting because there's sort of people, if there's like two sides to the debate, there's, it's sort of like combining people from both sides of the debate. But 
there's going to be things that people don't like about uh, what this movement is. And that, you know, they had a joint statement uh, that came out basically Sunday night. And there was a lot of East coast college football writers uh, and people that follow the sport that kind of went to bed. And there was an analogies coach about, it's sort of like going to bed and it's like pac 12 after dark game is happening. And you know, Oregon gets upset by Arizona state the last minute and you wake up and they're like, wait, number two, Oregon lost or something like that. It was sort of like that, that people had gone to bed on the East coast and didn't realize this was coming out. You had Trevor Lawrence, uh, Justin Fields, all these high, you know, prominent high draft pick, you know, best college football players in the country tweeting this stuff out, putting it out on social media and the demands are essentially like the college football players want to play. They want universal health and safety procedures and protocols in place to keep them safe. You know, makes sense. Uh, they want to be able to opt out without players losing any eligibility. But the one, the, the, the one that's going to cause the most controversy is creating essentially a college football players association that would represent each of the power five conferences. So, some sort of players union. And then that could open up a whole can of worms, but some sort of representation. So a lot of the people that want the players to play don't want to see them being paid or don't want to see them have that kind of, uh, you know, representation and have some kind of players union. There's, I mean, there's a lot there, but the main thing to me, coach is that the players were coming together, all the power five players saying, Hey dudes, we want to play. Is that enough to put the plans for the Big Ten and essentially following the leader Pac-12 on hold? And we know the Pac-12 has a meeting on Tuesday where there's going to be a vote. We, you know, Pete Thamel said there hasn't been a vote yet. They hadn't voted to cancel the season yet in the Big Ten, despite the reports. It looks like that's the way they're leaning. But do you think this? I'm sorry, there's a whole lot there, Coach. But do you think this player movement? is going to have any kind of effect and maybe puts a pause on what the Big Ten and Pac-12 could be doing. Well, I think that you always have to listen to the people that play the game, but that's what uh, that's what, what makes it happen is the talent. And uh, I think that uh, this has come about for them and their timing. You know, they tried this a couple of years ago. It started at Northwestern, and, and this thing is – They've always had this movement in, in mind, and it's just all timing. It's all timing when you can get the ears of people where it makes a difference. And right now, it really makes a difference whether you have football or not and whether the players are safe and, and all of the above. And I think that some of the things they're asking for are things that people should listen to. And some of the things you always ask for, you know you're never going to get. But you use that as a tool as far as, oh, I will give this up if we get that. Part of negotiations, okay? These kids are smart today. They have people representing them. This isn't just a thing that just happened. This thing has been in the making. And everybody's naive if they think, oh, this just all of a sudden happened. This is all part of a plan as far as uniting the players and putting together something that will work at the right timing in a certain situation. And it's a time to ask. And uh, I think some of these things uh, have, have merit. And then some, you know, splitting the pot 50-50, you know, think about that is, you know, you don't own the company, okay? You work for the company. So, and basically I've said amateur athletics are not amateur athletics when you pay somebody $5 million to coach a football team. 
that's not amateur anything, okay? So uh, I think that uh, you've got to uh, listen to everyone, and you've got to sit down to the table, and you've got to put the things on the table that make sense, and you've got to move forward. But uh, for me to, uh, to know what's going to happen with this, I don't know what's going to happen with this, but... You know, the people they pay all those big bucks to, you know, that we've been talking about? Yeah. These are the people that are supposed to know. Hmm. Well, we'll see. Uh, there's some big bucks to be thrown around. And I think that's why we're here. I do like, I mean, I'm, you know, I want to see the players be able to, you know, get what they deserve. Um, I do like that we're seeing them unite together. This seems like a better movement than the one that Pac-12 did where you didn't even have a representative from each school. It definitely wasn't United. And like you said, it was a little overreaching. I don't, I don't think it was something where you ask for the the sky and you get a little bit less. It just, that just seemed to be an agenda that maybe didn't need to be in there. That wasn't really important to all the players. Um, so, but these, I think what they're talking about here is important to all the players. We're going to try to get into more detail on, like you mentioned the Northwestern uh, meeting. And I, I know Curtis from Marino Valley called into our live show last night uh, talking about that. He said that, you know, if everyone was unionized, you can make them employees. They could all be a bubble and it would work. Um, there was a really good thread on uh, Twitter earlier today. I was reading about, you know, with a, a legal expert and um, I don't recall her name. I'll have to check. Uh, um yeah, I'll, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll find her Twitter account and stuff when we check this out. But she was posting about there's a big issue where if you're a private school, you could have some sort of unionization. And, um, you know, but for public schools, it just wouldn't be it wouldn't be legal. So I think in that case, it's just not going to work for all of college football. But you have there's potential there to have some sort of like nonprofit uh, player representation or something like that, where you're not employees. If, if players become employees, it just be, I mean, that's a whole different thing. You can argue for that. Like, Hey, they can get paid, but you can be hired, fired. I mean, there's a whole, you pay taxes. There's going to be a lot of complexities if you're going to talk about players as employees. So I'll try to bring an expert on the show to get into some of the more of the detail of what would work in that model, what wouldn't work and things like that. Um, but it, you know, it's for, the, it's good to see the players having a voice right now, Coach. We're seeing them want to play. We're seeing statements from different programs. Jim Harbaugh released a really detailed statement about how they're keeping everyone safe, how they are, you know, when they're on campus, they're actually better off than when they would be at home. So there's a push um, right now to play. And I'm not going to say it's the right thing or the wrong thing but there are a lot of people pushing it to play and we'll we'll see if it has any of impact or if the big 12 is going to be that first domino to to fall well you know i'm one that uh if you go back we've been doing this show how many years 10 15 years ryan i don't know a lot of years Since and 2008, all my other shows yeah. huh 2008 yeah 2008 well i've one that uh, has always advocated the players are getting paid. Now people say, what do you mean they're not getting paid? Well, they get free tuition. They get free uh, meals. They get free academics. They get free medical. They get uh, all the counseling. They get special admittance to classes that other students can't get into to work around their schedule. 
They travel all over the country. They're taken care of first class in every single way. That would probably add up to maybe 80000 a year when you put in, I don't know, what it's going to cost or what SE costs. Well, and you don't pay taxes on it. And uh, if you were to pay for that, you probably would be making 100000 a year, and then you'd have to pay taxes. I'm just guessing. I'm not an accountant. So me, I've always said they are getting paid. Other students are still paying back their loans and still paying back all the things that they've, you know, for their everything they've had to pay for. They get free books, what free uh, tutoring. I mean, name it. What don't you get? I mean, that seems to be a pretty good, uh, what I'd say, job as far as getting all this. Now, a lot of people disagree with me out there. I can just say, oh, coach, we'll look at the million dollars they make. They make all that money, and they've wasted it, too. They've wasted it on salaries. They've wasted it on a lot of different areas that could have gone in to even make it better for the players in all sports. But I think that they should if they feel they uh, – I think they should be able to have a summer job. But, again, they don't want them to have a summer job, but they want them to go to summer school and graduate, which they should. But why does a student have to graduate in three years or three and a half years? I mean, let's be a student. Let's have a summer vacation. I've always said there's too much football in their lives from when they're ninth graders all the way up. They're getting burned out. And why should a student be able to leave one job and go to another job? You sign a contract. You sign a national letter of intent. You signed that I want to be a Trojan for life or whatever school you go to. What's that worth to you down the road to be a USC graduate? What's that worth to you? I mean, uh, some kids have gone to four high schools in four years. Now, think about that. The loyalty to the teams. Yeah, what, what, what high school are you going to say you graduated from when you write down on your, your application or any of the things in the past? So I've been one to say that you do receive a lot by playing uh, sports in college. And I, when you graduate, you've got a clean slate of not owing anything. I mean, what a great feeling that should be. And along the way, you've had every opportunity to do everything you want to accomplish academically, plus the experiences of playing in big venues and being a Trojan or whatever. There was a day you would go to USC, Ryan, just luckily to get a scholarship, and you were happy being a backup. Being a backup to be a part of the great teams and tradition at USC. Now it's a little bit different. And I think that the universities, the NCAA, and all of that, partly to blame. And I think that they should, you know, look at it this way. And a lot of people should look at it, what I just explained to you. There's a lot of parents that are paying a lot of tuition to go to USC. And a lot of students that are paying back a lot of loans that go to any university anywhere. So, you know, I'm for giving them the rights where get a summer job. Let them work in the summer. If they want to work in the movie industry, that's great. Let them get a great job and work like they did in the past. And still work out and be ready. Let them be an intern places that their major is in. Right now, it's all football, all football, all football, all football. And really what their major is, in most cases, to blame the NFL. Not to graduate and become a successful lawyer or doctor. There are some, 
but let's let kids explore their young life and make it a college experience somewhat. And I think it's got way out of hand as far as where it is now. Yeah, I think the the big the big change first is going to be the name, image, and likeness stuff because there is you could add compensation without making it too complicated, making people employees with stipends and you know things like that. We've already seen training table uh, expanded. We've 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 seen some things get done, and if they offer you know an extra year of scholarship, you can go finish like a master's degree or something. I think there's all kind of benefits that are still built in that you wouldn't. It wouldn't be as complex. It wouldn't be, you wouldn't complicate things quite as much. Uh, but the name, image, and likeness, I think when that goes through, there w- that will be, you know, kind of a fair system to allow players. Like if it's, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence, who's got, you know, a million Instagram followers, whatever it is, and he can post something on there and get paid by an advertiser to do it because he's got a big social media following. That's great. Or if it's, you know, the best women's like lacrosse player in the country and she wants to host a uh like a clinic, you know, virtually or in, in person and charge people to come and she makes money off the fact that she's really good at lacrosse, that's great. You're not the universities aren't paying them, but they've got this notoriety. Uh they, you know, they have this cachet and they're able to, you know, uh compensate get compensated for that. I think that's a really good step in the right direction. And like you said, they're not allowed to work now. They're they're you know, if you're a student athlete, you're a college football player and you're struggling in the off season to, you know, just feed yourself, they don't allow you to work. I mean, there's just real issues there. So I think some of that stuff you can make changes that aren't as drastic but are still really beneficial to the college football player and the and the you know the athletes on campus in general. And I agree with you 100%. If somebody can market themselves or has an idea and wants to develop it and start a business of his own, why not? That's what you go to college for. You'll find out that uh, there isn't going to be that many college football players that are going to be paid big money to advertise. There isn't. There'll be some boosters that want to help them out or so on, which is good. And But I think why shouldn't kids go out and, and try to start things and and do what they got to do, you know? I think that that's what college is all about, and, and allow people to do I think it should get a lot of people, you know, off their butt to find out what it's going to be like because you're not going to be on scholarship all your life. You've had a pretty good road here so far. So, you know, it's time to find out when it's all over, and the big game of life is not football. The big game of life is after football. So why don't you have those experiences now? Yeah. One uh, thing before we had one question uh, this week, but one other aspect I want to bring up, Coach. We talked about there's different uh, programs, there's different uh, thoughts uh, throughout college football. You know, with the Big Ten leaning towards canceling the season, we're seeing quotes from Scott Scott Frost, uh, the Nebraska head coach, uh, talking about you know they really want to play. Uh, he says the head coach's responsibility is to fight for what we want. Our players want to play. Our coaches want to coach. Um, we're seeing, you know, we saw Jim Harbaugh's statement I mentioned uh, earlier that was really uh, complex and, and and thought out, and it was really good. One of the best things I've seen come out of him. The SEC and Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, uh, he said that the best advice he got about COVID-19 is be patient, take time when making decisions. This is all new, and you'll gain better information each day. And we've seen... You know, he said the SEC has been deliberate each step since March, 
And, uh, you know, that's what they've been doing. So they're going to be more deliberate than maybe what we saw with the, with the big 10, the issue, the potential issue, say the big 10 tomorrow announces a cancellation, or maybe, you know, after the PAC 12 meeting on Tuesday, the big 10 announces maybe even a joint thing with the PAC 10 or the PAC, I mean the PAC 12 or the PAC 12 just follows suit. I would expect a similar kind of response from the ACC, from the SEC, and from the Big 12 because there isn't any crossover games anymore. They can still have this autonomous uh, you know, existence in college football, and there's no real reason for them to cancel their season at this point. Now, say they eventually do, but it might not be for two or three weeks. We, don't, we might not know. Um, you know we're seeing... The weirdest thing, Coach, I saw like the Wake Forest president addressing Wake Forest players and they were talking about how they all want to play. That wasn't the weird part. It, the weird part was, and it wasn't the part that the players were wearing masks out in the practice field. They were full pads. Like they were out there practicing. Like we we don't see this on the, the West Coast right now, but other places are full on practicing. Um, and so they could wait. And during this uncertain time between when maybe the Big 12, I mean, the Big 10 and the Pac-12 decide to cancel or delay till the spring and the SEC and the other conferences, we could see the transfer portal light up and players enter the portal. Now they can come back, but there's some programs that don't want you back after you enter the portal. There could be this limbo time between the two conferences that it, the SEC and the Big 12 and the ACC kind of reap the benefits and we see some transfers. And I think we've already seen a little bit of that from the Mac, you know, the biggest conference that's, that's canceled so far, but it, it could add another level of complexity to all that coach. Yeah, it could. And you know, whose fault that is the administration because there isn't somebody in charge. The worst thing that could happen is two or three of the power five or any conferences don't play, which is starting to happen. And the others do. Now what do you do? You have football year-round. I think I mentioned this earlier when maybe it was on another show. I say you're going to have, what, fall football and spring football and college football? What are you doing? It's got to be all or none. Everybody should be treated the same. And why it isn't, it's because there is no togetherness or nobody in charge. So it's got to happen. I hope that it doesn't come to that but it's going to lose what it's all about, the bowl traditions, the college football playoffs. Will it truly be a national champion? Will it be one in the spring or one in the fall? I mean, all these other things start to come up. It's ridiculous. I don't need, you know, and, and everybody, we can do it. We can't do it. And again, you know, it's got to be where we all do it or we all don't. And let's have a plan of when we are going to do it. And uh, let's get started with that. I mean, uh, it just keeps going every day another way, you know, and it uh, just gets more confusing. And I said it, what, three or four weeks ago, someone please make a decision. Someone please get started and let's know what really is going to happen and plan it so it works. So, you know, right now there isn't any decisions. It's day to day. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's uh, it is. <laughs> It's ridiculous. We don't know um, how it's going to end, but uh, things are happening fast. And I've I've been watching my Twitter feed while we record because easily something could have happened uh, while we're doing this. But I, I my gut feeling right now is depends when you're listening. Um, 
we probably won't hear anything new on the Big Ten until Tuesday. I don't think we're going to get something on Monday. There's, I think the pushback from the players have at least put enough of a pause, even though there were reports that this is a done deal. I, I don't think it is. And uh, John Wilner reported that the Pac-12 you know, hasn't made any kind of vote yet. So I think, uh, I think we're going to have a little bit of time before we find something out. But if there's going to be a season cancellation, my guess is Big Ten, uh, Pac-12, it'll be uh, on Tuesday. Um, we do have a question, Coach, and this is from Alex. Uh, he's a USC alumni, and he's a, a medical doctor. It's about BMI. He said, enjoy your show. The coach has a right to his opinions. When it comes to medical stuff, it is irresponsible for him to talk about the validity, validity of BMI without knowing the data. Many linemen are extremely obese and at extreme uh, list of and, and at extreme, I think he means uh, risk of COVID-19 mortality compared to the general population. This is why many of them die of heart disease in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. That's from Alex. And Alex, to be fair, I think I was the one that initially brought up, you know, I have issues with BMI. I am no medical doctor. We do, there's a lot of cases of, you know, I know a year and a half ago, I was considered overweight. I didn't, didn't feel that I was, uh, I'm now in like the normal range, but I've lost a bunch of weight. And I know there are, you know, athletes out there that are, you know, six, four linebackers that weigh 248 pounds and they could be considered obese. And I think that's part of the problem uh, with linemen. Yeah. I think there's definitely, there's, issues there with with linemen but just using the the straight bmi number is what i had a problem with you're not saying that you know actual obese people they're gonna have high bmi numbers but there's people that don't if you only go by bmi that's i think what i had the the issue with but i don't know if you want to respond to that coach too all i only want to respond to him he knows his business better than i do okay and he probably has more knowledge of that all i'm knowing is that that uh that uh, probably that's true. There are a lot of studies that show that if you're overweight and you're this and that, you're more acceptable to you know diabetes and all of those different types of heart failure and all these different things. Uh, but uh, all these guys are big guys, and I don't want to get into medical debates. But doctor, you know more than I do, and I'll accept exactly what you say. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the 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 comment there, Alex. Um, all right. Well, we're gonna. Try to remain optimistic, Coach, that we're going to have a college football season. I don't know if we will, but uh, here we are, hoping that we do. Um, we do appreciate uh, all the listeners out there. We're going to keep, no matter what happens, we're going to keep doing our shows. Uh, we'll keep talking about different topics related to college football, and we'll always answer your questions, anything you have, concerns, any topics you'd like us to discuss. Uh, we'll continue to do that, and we'll probably do more uh, if there is a cancellation or postponement of the season. We'll probably do more long form interviews like we've been doing um, on our tunnel vision shows and things like that. Those have been, you know, they've been great response. They're working on another one for this week. So uh, we'll get you that. Uh, but coach, thanks again. And I hope you stay safe out there. Well, thank you very much. And I want to thank all of our listeners for being part of our podcast. And Ryan, all I can say is I hope by next Monday, we're not waiting for the decision. Okay. That just makes it harder on everybody, the players, the universities, everybody. And uh, we won't have great football or people mentally uh, 
ready for the excitement of football unless they know exactly who they're playing, when the season opens, and all the decisions as far as safety and things that are necessary. Yeah. All right, Coach. Uh, thanks again. And everyone else, thank you out there for listening to the Peristyle Podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Be safe, and we will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 